by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. What is up, Buttercups? This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your COVID-less host, John, fresh off my <laughs> negative test results, and joining me is my positive test result, the Nate Morales. <laughs> Nate, dodged a bullet there, man. I'm, I'm feeling better. I still have a little bit of a cough and my allergy symptoms, but I'm, I'm okay. Are, are you ready for a better experience than me just hacking my way through that JJ interview last week? <laughs> that was brutal, man. I was really worried about you for, for a minute. But, oh, thank you. I appreciate um, that. I'll tell you what, not the first, uh, not the first negative test you've rejoiced in, I'm sure. No, not, not definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, just, just a regular on the Maury Povich show. I'm mm-hmm. not the father. <laughs> uh we just have you know this week's gonna be great just a few housekeeping items to talk about and then we're just gonna dive right in we want to kick this week off with uh with a little mls is back uh for now i suppose and then we're gonna dive into our uh our state's representative in in that competition uh then i'm gonna say with so much john going on at city intergalactic headquarters we thought we got to go straight to the horse's mouth and get the straight bull to mix metaphors we are welcoming head coach matt Van Banskoten to the show. So let's just, uh, let's get this thing going, John. Let's party, party on. All right. Yeah. Party we shall. Just considering I'm, I'm negative. I'm, I'm all about partying right now. So mm-hmm. um, as most everyone knows, MLS is for sure back for now. And, and so far, once again, soccer shows the world that it can hold its return to play shit together with duct tape and maintain somewhat of a, of a virusless, uh, virusless experience, even if it kind of got off to that wobbly start with Nashville and then, you know, then Dallas and uh, they had to send some of those kids home early from the playground. But I mean, it's not like the end, the major league baseball, which is in full avalanche mode right now, um, <laughs> or, or the NBA within its first seven days of the bubble experience. One guy just kind of walked off campus to hit up a wing stop and, uh, multiple Instagram models were posting screen caps of players texting them and inviting them inside the bubble for to sneak in for some uh, one-on-one, I guess you could call it. Uh, <laughs> John, I, yeah, it doesn't seem like that's the case because uh, nobody wants to fuck soccer players. So we well, are apparently... full... <laughs> right now the tournament is in full knockout mode. Cinderella's are being crowned and any team at any moment can melt down. So before we get to the loons, have you been watching much of the tourney at all? Honestly, you types of soccer, and uh, I t- I typically followed MLS, but not watched a ton of it. Um, it you know, I, I watch more of it when the Big Five are done because the calendars don't sync up. Um, mm-hmm. But this is different for me. I found myself watching at least one game a, a night, maybe two, and and for sure, I, I always catch or DVR the Revs and our guy Brandon By as well as our our local representatives. Yeah, it's um, it's not really must see TV for me, but I've been catching games when I can, and I, you know, I've got a few impressions. I don't know about you. 
but uh, I think this tournament is very MLSy. You know, a lot of bad mistakes, a lot of insane luck, um, games turning on a dime based on one guy just you know shitting all over himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> My wife and I watched the kind of was the Vancouver game where their second string goalie got his hand annihilated. Uh, did yeah, you see that? Yeah, then they have to play that. Was that their like seventeen year old? Then they played their seventeen year old. Okay, okay, okay. So the second string goalie went out and it was awful. Like his hand got stomped and it did not look good. And he couldn't even like open his goalie glove. Like he would not. They were going to cut it off. It was bad. Oh, camera was thinking about cutting to him every once in a while and then you could tell the producer was like oh shit never mind yeah fingers sticking out the wrong way yeah and then the 17 year old came in and he did pretty good and then god he was just upside down um eventually losing in in a penalty shootout because nobody on vancouver is any good (laughs) Uh, he made a bunch of saves he looked really good so uh happy for him hopefully hopefully we get to see some of him during the season uh, and I think John, my my other early impression is LAFC is just going to run away with this with this uh, yeah. tournament. And and they don't even have Vela. Like no, it's it's crazy. Like Rossi, that guy's legit. And yeah, and he's been kind of quiet. And they're still crushing. <laughs> Bradley yeah. Wright looks about ten years younger than he is. Well, if you think Rossi's being quiet, didn't he score like four goals in a game? <laughs> yeah, early on, you're right. He did. Uh, well, what I've noticed, which, which I, I'm quite fond of, as you know, is is the wildly strong 50-50 challenges, um, <laughs> and 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 then some just straight up get stuck in tackles. I, I love that stuff. It seems like everyone's hyped up, you know, and and, and you you can hear the camp. There's no fans, right? And even like pipe in some noise, you can hear the guys like screaming for a call, and you can hear the tackles, which I I, I kind of like. Um, but in previous years, I thought MLS is a bit soft and intended to protect their their DPS. But now it seems like everyone's a steak dinner, which is kind of cool. So, um, I uh, I've also further confirmed for myself that this is still very much so a, a DP or a foreign player driven league. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's the occasional domestic star, but the the heartbeats of pretty much every team were were brought here on a visa. And however, this tournament has, you know, it's given its way to a lot of younger talents too, that were draft picks or homegrown signings because of the sub rules being shifted and you having more opportunity to sub. Um, But you got to see a decent amount of future, the future of the league when, when the group games were kind of winding down and teams were knocked out already, which is good to see, you know, and, and the, the talent was skewing a little bit younger and it's not half bad, which is for sure a bright spot. Yeah. I like that a lot too. Uh, you know, it's funny to see some of these, you know, 17, 18, 19 year old kids come in and you never know who's going to be the next Jackson Ewell or, uh, or Aronson or whoever. Right. So it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be very cool to see who emerges from this tournament with, um, I guess with the confidence to use their younger talent a little more often and rely yeah, on like Lewis, Lewis from, uh, from San Jose, the, the winger, he looked pretty, yeah. he looked really, really dangerous. Um, yeah, it's been it's been nice to see some of the the not not so known names kind of pop up. But let's uh, let's talk about the loons, John. How so far do you do you like what you see? Are um, <laughs> are we good? Uh, I would say decent would be the best way for me to describe their performances so far. Uh, nothing nothing great, nothing awful. Uh, I shouldn't say nothing awful. Um, less awfulness. <laughs> uh, they they still 
have their their clear you know what were you thinking moments when it comes to certain players on the field or decisions to play certain players you know like I, I don't need to name any names but there's a certain winger out there that looks like he doesn't really give two shits <laughs> at all um but things have been going well for them in in tournament soccer you know sometimes pretty makes way for just enough will do it which is kind of what our cousins across the river have been doing that's kind of the mini they're the uh minnesota united way right enough will do it Right. Yeah. Just any, anything will do. Uh, from a player perspective, uh, I'm just going to say this. Amaria is clearly hurt or the injury he picked up warming up for the first match has, has kind of put him off of the trajectory and the excitement that a lot of fans were hoping for out of him uh, when the season started. I mean, I, I was on that bandwagon too. I was like, man, this guy's legit. Um, so it, it's a wonder to me why they're still trotting him out there when he looks com- completely off of his game and, and way out of sync with his running mates. But I guess you don't pay those type of guys to the bench, Nate. <laughs> if, they're, if they're able to go out there, I think you trot them out. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I was pr- I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with uh, Schoenfeld, right? I thought like for the big a big celery. Yeah, the, the big celery. Is that what you just called him? That's his nickname, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, you know, for a third stringer, he's he's looking decent. Uh well, he's he's, he's supplanted a number one draft pick, which never should have been picked anyways, but that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, he's he's been good to see. I think the other thing for me is that Miller in goal scares me. Um he he tunes out for large portions of matches. Um a lot of times he can catch a ball, but he parries it away or fists it away. Um, only to make like the spectacular happen when you least expect it. Um, and, and coming off of what we saw with Manoni last year, he's clearly a downgrade in my opinion. And something that if this season does continue after the tournament is the type of play that he has from a netminder that you're going to see lose games for you. Um, I, I And I know he's had some past issues on the mental side of the game, uh, stemming from him being kind of toyed around with by the U.S. national team staff during his call up for the gold cup where he didn't see any minutes and he was kind of just a, a throw along third string keeper that didn't see a lot of action. And you hate to see that kind of stuff. Um, but for United fans, hopefully they can get him back to the pre gold cup performances that he had, where he was really keeping LAFC in some games they shouldn't have been in and, and ultimately turning the tide for them to win those games. Yeah, it would, you know, it's uh, it's it'll be interesting to see on the other side of this tournament, kind of how he does with with Ike on the back line because that's I know one thing that we we're definitely missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, that's a, that's a big piece to miss. You know, Aha is is fine, but he's no he's no Ike Opara, so it'll be it'll it's, it feels good it would feel good to have Ike back and organizing that back line, and we'll see we'll see if Miller looks a little more consistent. I agree. We- you know who's off of suspension is Brent Coleman. Brent Coleman. So, he's been I mean, playing in the pool. Yeah. You know he's ready. He's been on his unicorn floaty for a couple games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so lastly, for me, Ethan Finley is clearly the will kid of their team. And I, I'm sorry for Loons fans. I know he was born in Duluth, but he learned he's how a Wisconsin to guy. He learned how to play soccer in Wisconsin. So stop nope. claiming that he's from here. Uh, no, nope. before, before signing with United, the last time he probably spent in Minnesota was before he could walk. So let's just call, call a spade a spade here. Um, he anyhow, to, I read, I read on Wikipedia, like they would drive from Marshfield or wherever he lived, mm-hmm. like all the way to, was it Iowa or Chicago so that he could play it, on like he, a weekly basis. 
he played he 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 did play on a team in in wisconsin um he played with the fc nationals for a little bit which was a, a high level club um but he quickly went to the you know down to chicago to play i believe for the soccer's magic um at the time but yeah he kind of had that that story that uh you hear like clint Dempsey driving you know two to three hours each way to to Oof. go play high level soccer um but you know anyhow <laughs> his his consistent on engine and his willingness to make that second third and even fourth run is seeing him get a ton of the ball and he 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 goes at defenders he he makes defenders make them mistake in the final third he draws fouls deep in the offensive third which is great yep. to see because um united is fairly decent at set pieces um and he finish, finishes most of his chances and you really notice when he's not on the field because the offense kind of goes flat. So I think he's been like yeah. a big bright spot for me. I like, I like Ethan a lot. I think um, it's one of those things. Sometimes you watch these games and you wonder what Keith is thinking with his rosters and he's obviously playing mind games with the guys. So like when Finley's in, you're like, okay, this is the right thing to do. When Finley's out, you wonder what Keith is thinking or what, he, what point he's trying to prove because he's clearly the most dynamic player that the loons have at this moment. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely informed. So yeah, I don't know. That that's kind of what I mentioned. There's some some decisions that are made where you're like, what were they thinking? But, one last uh, thing I want to one last thing I want to bring up is uh, you know, watching a lot of these games and a lot of the commentary, kind of both halftime and in game. And I I gotta wonder, like, is Taylor Twelman's job just to talk nonstop <laughs> shit about everything that's going on in the field? Like, I've never seen a commentator talk so much shit about the product he is getting paid to to hype up <laughs> well everybody needs <laughs> whether it's going after the going after the players he goes after the teams the he league. goes after the refs the league he is a total shit talker sometimes well, i like it and sometimes i'm annoyed well like i said everybody needs a villain and i personally like him because like you said he's one of those guys that just says it like it is and he's not afraid to go against the league which pretty much everyone bends the knee for for some reason yeah. Um, but with that, with that said, he also, you know, has to play the game a little bit to keep his job. And I think a lot of fans, you know, think he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, but he has to. Um, yeah. But I think he's doing fine. It makes me laugh every time he says things like, you know, what was that guy thinking? Or like, what did he think he was hoping to do in that instance? You know, when a guy totally makes a wrong decision. And those <laughs> things make me laugh because I'm thinking it when I'm watching. So I, I like to hear the commentator say that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. Well, we've basically known there's uh, not going to be summer soccer for our beloved Crows for a little bit now, but training has definitely returned with, of course, all the safety precautions in place. And the Brotherhood is out in full force, uh, tuning up for maybe any chance that there might be coming up in the fall to roll that ball out uh, wherever and whenever that could be. So it has it's definitely been a hot minute since we've had our fearless leader on so we would like to welcome everyone's favorite head coach to the show matt van ben Scoten. matt how are you doing my friend it's been quite some time since we've been able to speak to you on this year podcast it has been uh, it's great to be back with you guys i don't know if i'm everybody's favorite head coach um but i'll, I'll take that <laughs> vernacular for sure yeah <laughs> So Matt, uh, you know, most people around our circle, they, they know that you're a full-time soccer coach and you have multiple irons in the soccer fire around the cities. Um, outside of stating the obvious, tell us how the, the Rona impacted you and what has changed for you as a coach coming out of it, um, you know, with it 
basically greatly impacting and putting handcuffs on on how you do your job. Yeah, it's um, it was interesting. We didn't even know if we were going to be able to get out to coach or play soccer in any capacity, whether it was city or club or whatever. Um, so we finally were able to, at least for the club stuff, able to get back on the field. I think it was middle of June. For the first two weeks, we had to practicing. And, and so what that meant for us as coaches was every player had to be in a 10 by 10 box. They could only have their soccer ball. They couldn't travel to other boxes. And we as coaches were supposed to provide some sort of programming with them for, you know, an hour to an hour and a half um, and <coughs> try to do try to do soccer stuff and with, you know, 10, 11 year olds who clearly I don't know if you've met children are not good at listening <laughs> to directions <laughs> or not. And they're not for sure not good at not touching each other. So uh, I'll be really honest. The first kind of couple <laughs> weeks definitely sucked, but uh, but we survived. So here we are. So we've returned to play, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and there, there, without returning to play, there's less of a reason for us to speak to you since <laughs> the season was killed. Um, but yesterday I was able to make it out to training and I, I saw a lot of smiles and, and it wasn't just because Uncle Biz showed up with a few beers. Um, what about Although that was part of it. That was part of it. Yeah. But uh, I definitely shared a few with both the Hutton brothers. Um <laughs> Well, what what have the players said said to you or mentioned about the return? They enjoy it. They really do. And and I think I think it's partly. I mean, obviously, the big reason is they're just back on the field. I know these guys have been cooped up, you know, for three four months, not playing. It's been really tough because they're soccer guys. Like this is their life. This is what they they want to do all the time. And to not be able to do it is is tough. So yeah, I, I, I smiles, joy. I think that's really. Yeah, the way they just, they've really enjoyed, I think, the first couple of weeks of training. And, you know, when, when, I, when the coaching staff and myself were talking about how we want to structure practices, we just said, you know what, we have no idea what shape these guys are in. We have no idea how many guys we're going to get on a nightly basis. Let's just try to keep this relatively simple. Let's put them in an environment where they can actually, you know, just compete and thrive. And they've done that and and resoundingly i keep hearing from guys like man training was awesome i love it i love that game um so you know i think we're doing something right on that aspect and and i don't think it's just the fact that they've been starved for soccer for the last four months but uh overall it's been it's been really good yeah so another thing training gets you to do is is kind of pilot this futures 7v7 model right with the npsl and the upsl squads and of course it's a ton of fun for them Absolutely. Um, what what really is exciting you so far about what you're seeing uh, out of the out of the practice of this model, and and have you already identified any kinks that maybe you're going to want to work out ahead of the futures uh, taking it up full time? Yeah, it's for sure. There's definitely been a couple things I think that just even the first couple practices we've noticed, and and really are, are thinking about how do we tailor this to make it even better. I think the I kind of alluded to it with just the competition piece. Players love to compete, and and it's amazing when you put them in an environment where all of a sudden you put a scoring system and, and there's an objective to win a game. It changes everything. It changes the intensity. It changes the mentality. And so I think as we get into the future thing, that's definitely mm-hmm. something we want to be cognizant of is how do we get players – how do we get the most out of players by putting them in an environment where they're they're giving their best because they want to win. And so I think that's a big thing. And then I think too, you know, the numbers is always, can always be tricky. And I think that's one of the things that we've, you know, in the last couple of years have really 
hammered down just guys, you know, hey, you're responsible for letting us know your availability and, and making mm-hmm. sure you're there. Um, and so, you know, if, if the numbers aren't, you know, as a coach, you always have to be flexible things as they come up and, you know, guys show up, drop last minute. So you have to be flexible. But I think the key for that is, you know, with the futures thing, we really have to have an idea, you know, with these teams, we have to provide the best training possible. And, and a big piece of that is going to be making sure we nail down numbers, because if, if we're scrambling two minutes before practice to try to put sessions together for these guys, then the quality is going to drop. Um, so that's just one of the realities. I think that, you know, we'll, it's going to kind of, we'll cross that bridge as we come to it. But um, if we can get on top of that, I, I'm really excited for what the futures holds. So college soccer for the most part is kind of cascading towards a full cancel for this fall season. So we're getting more time with the, the younger guys, which I think is great. It's awesome. um, but, th- but this could be a lost year for some of our veteran players that are, I kind of, I, I think are kind of in their prime. A guy like Nick Hutton comes yeah. to mind. What have, what have you said to the older fellas to keep them engaged when they're maybe more so now than ever, less focused on soccer and maybe more on their families and their day jobs? Yeah. Good question. You know, I, I haven't said anything specifically to them yet. I think the what's interesting, you watch the trajectory of guys as they, they get older and the years kind of pass in, in the city program. And the guys who last, like, like you look at the Charlie Adams, you look at the Abdallah Baz, you look at the Matt Elders, is they really are able to kind of find that healthy balance between life and work and soccer. And, and first two weeks into the sessions, they just they just really enjoyed getting out there. And, you know, anytime they, they've been more than happy to find either the time off work or, you know, whether it's the Huttons, maybe get away from the kids for a little bit. Um, they've really enjoyed it. And, but again, I think the reason they're still here is because they've they've been able to manage that well, where, you know, other players in the past, like, you know, sometimes work just takes precedence. Sometimes family just takes precedence. Mm-hmm. And so I think for players who are able to navigate that piece, like they, they're going to be pretty successful with it. And then in terms of, you know, the last season, it's, it's one of those things I, I feel for, I feel a lot more for the college players because there's a lot more unknowns with that. And, and you do have a certain number of years for eligibility. Whereas, you know, some of these older guys, like, if you're in shape and, and you're staying with it, like you can, city's going to provide you a continued platform to be able to play and, you know, play soccer at a high level. So I, honestly, I'm not super concerned about the older guys so long as they're figuring out that balance and they're taking care of themselves, which again, the guys we have do a spectacular job of that. So we'll just kind of con- continue to see what happens. So I mentioned the, you know, the younger guys that were in our program are, are back because of the college piece being canceled, but I did notice quite a few sets of Minnesota United training gear on a few guys yesterday. <laughs> there was a couple. Hard, that looked hardly old enough to drive a vehicle. What's uh, what's up with that? <laughs> so this is it's it, yeah it's um it's really interesting and you know I'm we've talked about it ad nauseum in a lot of ways with you know Minnesota United folding in, announced the futures. And just kind of being in the soccer scene, I I know a lot of players who have been in the DA, and a couple just have reached out. and And as you know, uh, word travels fast in the soccer community, and so we we had a, we've had a few players that have reached out and just wanted to come be a part of something because they're in that same boat with a lot of like our players. They're just not playing soccer, and I think the the hard part for them was they could go back to their clubs and play but 
the club soccer isn't actually going to start again until the fall. And it's actually for those older players, it's not actually going to start again until after the fall season and winter, because that right. most of those kids play high school. So for a lot of these players, they, they literally are sitting there doing nothing. And so, you know, as soon as they hear there's high level soccer and they want to get to be a part of it and play against, you know, older college ex pro players, they're all for it. And, and it's been great. And it's been, it's been really cool too, to see at least a handful of guys that we have, like, they're absolutely able to hold their own. Um, mm-hmm. I give our veterans a ton of credit because they just, they welcome them and just kind of get them acclimated. And, you know, it, it's just kind of what, what I love about the brotherhood is it's like, Hey, you're good at soccer. You want to come hang out? Let's, let's do it. So it's, it's been really cool. And it's, it's been fun to see some of those young faces and hopefully it's kind of a long play for the future where depending on what happens, they come back and maybe one day they put on a crow's Jersey. So last question for me before I let Nate talk, since we both are responsible for the show. Um, so I, unlike last week. Yeah, unlike last week when I was just dying of whatever I had. Um, so I have to ask, because even though we've talked about this as a, as a staff internally, um, who are the guys that are, are standing out, you know, since the restart, whether they're new players, young players, old players, who makes you feel like a lightning bolt grazed the tip of your penis so far? <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That's, um, I don't know if I can answer that without getting in a lot of trouble. But, uh, I'll, I'll do my best. You know, it's, I got to start with just Max Seeger. Like the guy, the guy is just so good at what he does. And I was actually, I was talking to Adam today because we were, we were talking about a few different players. And, and the thing with Max is like, he's, he's not a flashy player. He just does everything so well, so consistently that he's, it's just fun to watch him. And he's a catalyst to so many other things. Um, So that's fun. Um, Another player that's kind of, you know, kind of showed up really in shape, unbelievable shape is uh, Sam. Well, and and part of that is because he's been hanging out with Jonah all summer and Jonah's a guy who's a little bit of a fitness nut. Um, Man, Sam well is jacked. Like he came yeah. in, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> like that's not the way I went for being in shape after college. I went the opposite way, and <laughs> doing something right. So that's been good. Um, and then a couple new faces, not new faces necessarily, um, but guys who kind of haven't been with us for the last couple of years. Um, one is Bernard Asabi Rule, who was on our MC2 team or U23 team a couple of years ago. Um, great kid, grew up here, played at St. Paul Blackhawks. He's now plays at UW Green Bay and, and has spent the last couple seasons at AFC or AHC down in Houston, which is USL 2 team. Um, and man, he's, he's always been kind of a skinnier guy, but he showed up and, and he's another dude that you're like, whoa, you grew up fast and he's just big, powerful, <laughs> bottom guys. Um, and then another new guy that has kind of just kind of been around the fringes and we've, we've loved having is a guy by the name of Joey Tawa, who um, I actually don't know his background here, but he's recently been part of Columbus Crews DA. I think right before COVID happened, he even got in a couple scrimmages with their first team um, and another just big tackles hard. The guys are, it's funny, you watch guys go against them and, and you can tell they, they're, they're not as keen to go into tackles hard. Uh, Cause they know that Joey's going to crush him. So it's fun. There's a, there's a lot of talent and some new faces and some, some newer old faces as well, which is awesome. All right. So you've got to keep your eye on a lot of guys. Talk about having to keep your head on a swivel. That is a, uh, that's a lot of players to, to keep tabs on. 
Yeah, it, it is. Um, no, but I think actually one of the silver linings of COVID for us was we were actually able to be really more intentional with kind of coach and staff development. And so over the course of COVID and lockdown, we, we would get together on Wednesday nights and just kind of go over game film and talk to coaches. And, and I think, you know, what for Adam and I, as we kind of looked at this and said, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to grow. We've got NPSL, which is a lot of guys. We've got Minneapolis City too. We've now got this futures. Like we've got a lot more guys. There's no way that we can continue to kind of tackle this just by ourselves. So we have to, A, find the right people to be a part of this. And then secondly, with those people, continue to help kind of guide them and give them opportunities um, to be successful. And, and at some point, really, like I said, just empower them because they've got to be the ones who kind of, mm-hmm. you know, take charge and, and manage some of this stuff. Cause there's, like you said, I mean, I think once we get the futures program going, we may have upwards of 75 to hundred guys just under the Minneapolis city umbrella. That's a ton, man. Uh, so John touched on it a little bit earlier, but colleges and universities are really dealing with this um, potential return to school in, in really different ways and nothing super consistent and nothing is, is set in stone yet. I know Carlton is not going to be bringing any upperclassmen back, right? It's just all, um, you know, freshmen and foreign exchange students. Uh, the U is doing 70% online classes. Uh, you know, every, every other school is doing something different. And that's going to mean a lot of guys might just not go back to school. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. means to their soccer programs. Have you talked to their coaches at all? Do you have, does this mean you have kind of, you might have free reign to facilitate what's going to amount to a very extended off season training for, for these college age crows? A little bit. I, you know, I've, I've talked with coaches a little bit, not necessarily in that capacity, but, but just in terms of kind of what's happening with them. And, and obviously the, the thing that sucks with COVID is it's a lot of this is so much of a waiting game and seeing how things progress. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, we've kind of just been intentional on, you know, just kind of easing back, seeing, seeing what the landscape looks like. And, and then, you know, depending on what continues to happen and evolve here to then maybe start to work with some of these either college coaches, whether, you know, if they're able to get into training camp, maybe we end up doing, you know, kind of a scrimmage circuit against a lot of the local MIAC teams or UMAC teams. Um, if they're not able to do stuff, then it might be, you know, just maybe adding a couple more trainings for guys who are, you know, maybe not necessarily ready for city now, but are some of the better players from some of these other colleges. So it's, you know, cause the whole point for city is, Hey, we're here to try to make the Minnesota soccer community better. That includes college age guys. And, and with them kind of being in limbo, the nice thing with us is we have some flexibility and we're, we're clearly not this moment competing for anything. So it's not like we have to build in a lot of tactical stuff and, and be really mindful about who we have on the field training with us. So it's, it's kind of nice. We're just going to say, Hey, yeah, we've, we've got the space. We've got the coaching staff, you know, Hey, come be a part of it. We're going to set up a session. That's really pretty simple. And, and you guys just compete and it's, it's worked out pretty well. Sure. So, I mean, as a follow-up to this, that might mean that Minneapolis city has, the longest, most consistently rostered and probably most comprehensive training schedule leading up to any U.S. Open Cup shenanigans or at least the 2021 soccer schedule. How, how are you approaching that? And besides the obvious, how can Minneapolis City really take advantage of being together, training, and bonding for so long? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I have no idea what the U.S. Open Cup. I mean, you know, I, I'm, until it happens, I'm I'm just under the impression we are perpetually never going to play. But, it's fake. Um, it's but fake. It's it's so fake. Fake news. 
but no, you know, your, your question about just the kind of extended preseason for us has been really great. And, and the one, I think one of the biggest things I was disappointed with, with COVID was we had spent so much time building for the U S open cup, really putting in the work just tactically with the players and, and, and the, the even better part was the fact that some of our captains, or not some of our captains, our captains, Max and Ao, were going out on their own, finding space to do winter training with some of these guys um, for a really, really reduced cost. And, and, and it wasn't like it was close. It was, for a lot of guys, they were traveling one hour both ways, so a two-hour commute just to go be part of this for, you know, an hour, hour and a half. And so... To me, that that was the most disappointing thing because soccer things aside, to see our guys kind of and really be invested about, hey, we want to get better. This isn't just about you know hanging out and you know playing, you know whoever in the NPSL. We mm-hmm. hey, we want to make a run in the U.S. Open Cup. We're committed to doing that, and then you know to put that work in and and even have our guys do it on their own volition to then all of a sudden have it taken away just really sucks. So I'm really excited at least for where we're at with this piece is just to be able to start to build towards that even now because we typically don't even get started until you know February or March, and so if this is something we can continue is is even better. So last question. Corona has definitely given uh, all, all of us a lot of extra time to think and a lot of extra time to drink. When you don't have to commute, you can sleep in a little longer. You can have that extra whiskey or that extra beer. And I'm wondering, what's your new jam? What are you, what are you, uh, what are you falling into in this time of uh, social distancing that you can recommend to the people out there? Man, I know that, you're a whiskey guy too, aren't you? Yeah, that's man. That's it's really apropos that you asked because. I was just telling somebody about this the other day that I'm, since my in-laws have a brewery, fun, um, they, I, I'm kind of always been more of a beer guy, but, but whiskey's kind of always been there. So Shit, that's right. You're at the brewery right now. Aren't I'm you? literally at the brewery right now trying to get drunk people out of here. So I really hope this doesn't come through <laughs> on the podcast, but it might, that's okay. <laughs> um, but no, so my, my wife has always really been in two gingers. Um, I started drinking that and then just by pure happenstance, we did high V aisles online and I think it's like tropical granddad, <laughs> not, not old granddad classic, but no, there was a, um, it, it was like Tropicana, like strawberry peach juice that we accidentally somehow got. And it's the best shit ever. And I mixed that with Jameson, put a little bit of Sprite, maybe a little bit of, uh, uh, the cherry amaretto stuff in there, and it is phenomenal. So that wow. is that is my go-to right now. Um, would highly did recommend it. I'll put the recipe together and put it out on Twitter so people can enjoy. Um, did not see that coming. I didn't either. But this is the, hey, when Corona hands you lemons, you make peach, strawberry, amaretto, two gingers. You that's gotta a, give it. A, that's a you classy give it a name. It is. It's very highbrow. Kind of a tiki cocktail you got going on there. For sure. That's nice. I like that. I'm uh, right now enjoying, I I got into Dunor Distillery, uh, which is kind of over by my house. But when I first went there, when we first moved in the neighborhood, all they did was vodka and gin. Okay. Now they've got this mixed blood blended whiskey. Uh, He was starting to, he was starting to make it right when I moved in about six years ago. And now it's ready and it's being bottled and it is delicious. It's just a good, 
you know, you can rip off two, three Manhattans, you know, with this yeah. stuff. It's nice, nice 80 proof, real smooth. Uh, I'm into it. Dude, I love that. I may have to go check that out. Yeah. Again, two local, two local whiskeys there, two gingers and Mick and uh, the Denord mixed blood. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'll throw my hat in the ring. Yeah, please I do. Went to, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty standard on old granddad, but um, <laughs> that's because you are kind of an old granddad. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've been dipping into uh, Newcastle lately. Yes. Yes. And um, we had we we had a couple last night after training, and I I hadn't had one in like six years, and I got a six pack of it, and the six pack turned into a twelve pack, and now it's in my fridge. I love it, dude. I'm coming over. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Old friends, Newcastle. <laughs> Old friends, Newcastle. <laughs> well, uh, Matt, you know you've been on the show. We've had a we've had a couple games. Over the last uh, four years of the show, <clears throat> I think you might have, you know, we've played word association games. We played, uh, I'm not sure which would, one you played. Probably that so word association. One. I, think it were, would, I did word association, maybe speed round. Yeah, the yeah, speed round. Would you rathers? Yeah. <laughs> this newest game, though, is one we like to call Ask John Anything. I don't know if you've been, I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast at all lately, but John is, John is terrified. John is terrified. Of this, uh, of you specifically. Yeah. Uh, really, this is how it's going to work. Okay. You can ask John two questions about anything, mm. anything you want. And if John answers both of them, the game is over. Okay. But if he pleads the fifth on any question, he has he has to answer your next one. The Ooh. other, of course, the implied the implied thing here is that he has to answer them truthfully. Sure. So he's sworn to truth to truth, and he has to answer them both. If he pleads the fifth, the next one is. A for sure answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm I'm raising my right hand and putting my left hand down about old granddad to know that I'm serious about answering these All right. questions. All right. Um, I'm gonna start with an easy one and then I'm gonna hit you hopefully with a little bit harder one. Uh, okay. So I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to lull you into a false sense of security. <laughs> well, now you told me, so that's not gonna work. Well, that's fine. All right. <laughs> so first question: What is your biggest fear? Um, <clears throat> my biggest fear, um, I think uh, it's going to sound totally vain, but irrelevance. Sure. Ooh. And, and what I mean by irrelevance is that like, I, I too have my, my, a lot of stakes in the fire, whether yep. it be family, soccer, um, work, um, I like to make sure that I'm relevant and that I'm contributing because when you become irrelevant um, or you force relevancy to a point where you're irrelevant, mm -hmm. then you you lose credibility. And I think credibility is the number one thing that people need to have. So I, um, yeah, I would say irrelevance. That's a good answer. I like that. Thank you. I, I try. You do. You do. So you don't become irrelevant. Yeah, and I, I mean, even when I was playing soccer, I wanted to make sure I was always relevant, so I had a, a place in the squad. Absolutely. It's important. All right, question number two. Um, oh, God. Here all right. Comes. How many people have you slept with in oh. your life? Oh, we, we talked about this. Uh, Stiggy asked me to say Stiggy. Damn it. Uh, Stiggy Damn asked it. body count already. Well, okay, so – I've already answered this question. We've never come across this before, Nate. So we can give maybe Matt another chance at a different question. Okay. Or I can make it boring and say the same answer. 
can I get? I, I would like to request a different question. Redo. We'll do a okay. redo. Yeah, we'll do a redo. You get one redo, and then the game's over. That's fine. That's fine. Since New rule. <laughs> since we are on the topic of sexual experiences, oh <laughs> I would like to know what your first sexual experience was like, and what how old you were how old were you when it occurred. Okay. And I would so, prefer if it was more awkward. I think the the listenership would like to know that. Yeah. Okay. It was extremely awkward. Yes. We'll start there. Um, so I was 17 and I was on a soccer trip to Europe uh, with my club squad. And uh, it was also the first time that I was actually ever like in a bar setting where I didn't have a fake ID and I had to be kind of a wallflower to not get in trouble. Um, so we were at a pub in in Munich and just started chatting up <laughs> some some uh, some local ladies and uh, they found out we were Americans and they loved that. And then uh, I went to the bathroom and I came back and the only one left was the uh, was the oldest one of the group. And uh, nice. she happened to she happened to probably be maybe like 27, 28. Dude. <laughs> so um, pretty old when you're 17. <laughs> pretty old when you're 17. And here's where the awkwardness uh, comes in. <clears throat> I clearly, you know, being the first time out of the gate here, had no idea what I was doing outside of the obvious things. Um, so it was a uh, it was very much so a um, uh, a learning experience for me, um, and, be, and, and being told to do things in a different language that I spoke decently, but I didn't speak fluently. So that, that made it. Dad never awkward. said those throw that kind of thing around the house. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't learn that in book German. Um, so. Uh, yeah, there you go. That was that was uh, that was experience number one. Nice. That was good. I like that. Yeah. Embarrassing. You know I didn't. But... I didn't get to a third question, but I I got what I wanted out of question two. So. Okay. Um, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I'm I'm fairly embarrassed, but I will say though that although it was awkward, as most initial experiences in that world are for people. Um, I was very relevant in the situation. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll end on that note. So, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. It was it was great to see you in the flesh last night and you see the well. horses run, as I say. Um, typically, we get we we get sick of each other by this point in the summer because we see each other all the time and talk. But uh, we'll be we'll be back together more so sooner rather than later. So. Hello. Stay negative. Stay negative, my friend. Thank you. You as well, both of you. <laughs> Thanks, for me on. Right, Thanks, Thanks man. man. We'll talk to you later. That is all for this week's show. Thank you, as always, to our show sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. It's boating weather. And what better way to enjoy your local regatta than a can of ice cold beer? Our pals at Summit <laughs> have something for all the taste buds, all the buds, uh, that pairs well with whatever situation you want to get yourself into. So get to stores today and fill your fridge up or your cooler if you're on that regatta um, <clears throat> with some, some goodness. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. 
uh, as well as our newly formed teachers program, scholarship fund, consider a tax deductible donation to a truly city focused organization. Do you have anything you want us to cover? Any questions you have, you want us to, to go over? Send us mail, it's easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email, mcscpodcast at gmail.com. And if calling's more your speed and you want to hear your voice live on the show, we're going to have to probably do a, a cattle call for that soon, Nate. Some people yeah, some we got to remind in. people that on, on the Twitter, nobody ever makes yeah. it to this part of the show. So I'm sure they don't. Yeah, they don't, they, yeah they're all, they're, they're already, they're already mm-hmm. passed out. Mm-hmm. Or they're or they're super randy from my first ever sexual experience conversation. Um, I'm, anyways, I'm, I'm gonna be thinking about it all night. <laughs> I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> expect anything less. Uh, so, anyways, our show hotline is 612-460-5683. Again, that's 612-460-5683. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can complain to the club at MPLS City SC. That does it for this week's show. I am John. That was Minneapolis City head coach Matt Van Benskoten. And of course, that was Nate. Until next time, friends, you got home. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor leagues. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple steez, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized and everything I see.